understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Hurley, and I've got another bomb-ass entrepreneur for you today. And I swear, they literally keep getting younger and younger. 30 feels like the new 50. I feel old as hell, y'all. So I have this amazing guy that I want to introduce to you. He is the founder of an amazing branding and marketing firm, UADV. He's collaborated with some of the biggest brands, Adidas, Nike, Red Bull, Live, your favorite nightclub. Like he is the man in Miami. He's literally 25 years young, a 25 year old founder, y'all. I I literally can't. And he's the founder of what is becoming one of the hottest movements. Hustle inspires hustle. It's becoming a global network. I've watched it grow over the last couple of months and I am truly amazed. And he's just becoming a true brand building expert with some of the greatest. And so I'm so honored to have him on the Stranded Podcast. I know he's got a story to tell you guys. So without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Alex Quinn. Wow, that's shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to save that one. <laughs> listen, listen, I tell Thank everybody, so if this don't work out, I will get paid to do that. <laughs> right? No, you're good. You're, you, you got it on lock for 100%. Thank you so much for that intro. I really appreciate you and your time and having me here and your audience as well. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. I've seen, I got to see you in person, host social X and you were the bomb.com. And when I found out more about you, I was just amazed again, still can't believe you're 25 years old, killing the streets in Miami with, with branding some, helping some of these brands just kind of take off. But you got to tell us like, what age did you actually get started? And how did you know, like, were you 21? Like, I'm going to build a branding agency or what kind of just got you in this place? I was 18, probably turning 19. And I was already doing marketing work. I was a marketing director of an exotic car rental company. Pause. Did you have a degree? What's up? No. Y'all are changing the world, I swear. <laughs> Look, I've been a hustler since I'm a little kid. So I've known how to, I've been a people person. I've known how to negotiate and do what I need to do for, for attention for brands, right? So people recognize that even from a young age. And when, when I started this whole entrepreneurship movement, at, at that time, people my age, you know, there was people my age working and doing things, but it wasn't a thing like it is now. So it was, it was more difficult. I mean, I'm making it sound like it's 20 years ago, but it's not. The landscape has changed a lot over the last few years. And when I was in the game, at least in my niche or in, in my area, it was very difficult to get people to trust an 18 year old kid. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I knew how to market, but really management and all that stuff. Yeah. I had been a manager at, at a local pizza hut. Okay. Before that. So I had already been, you know, I had already had all this experience and worked at Hollister. I worked at Miami subs. I worked at all these places. So I had work experience, but actual management and running an entire operation, like is different. So the reason I got recognized for this company was the following. I was around, yeah, like 17, 18. I had my first, first business ever was a car company that it wasn't a car company, but we did car events like rallies, meets, all these types of things. Cause I've always loved cars. I did it. You know, we, we decided to, to start that, uh, my old business partner and I, and we, you know, we were doing great. We were getting 
getting a lot of attention, but it, there was a cap to how much money we could make with that. There's only so much money you can make on ticket entrances and sponsors for these events. And it's, it's difficult and not impossible, but not something that I saw myself scaling in. Right. But in doing that event, some, one of our invites, we decided to shoot a really cool promo video to promote the event that we were doing. And one of the people that, that we invited was the owner of an exotic car rental company. So he noticed how we set up the whole production. Both of us, you know, that we were really talented and he invited us to his office the next day, the next day or the following week, something like that. So we go and it's, it's at the Opalaka executive airport in a jet hangar. And, and it was him and his business partner and uh, one, one of their employees. And they had started an exotic car rental company. They were renting at the time an Audi R8. It was an Audi R8, uh, a, C, a Mercedes CLS. And I think it was a Lamborghini Gallardo at that time. They had three cars, but they had they had an office inside of a jet hangar. It was really, really cool furniture and all these things. It was very different for us. So we were like, oh, this is a cool working environment. So they, so we pretty much set up a strategic partnership with them where we worked together. We, we handled their marketing. And then you know we also were able to use a lot of those resources for our growing car business and stuff like, and what we were trying to do. But eventually we got too good at what we were doing and it made more sense to scale their brand. So we started working on really, really cool projects. We did, you know, we did events, we did content, we created all types of stuff, content that went viral many times on the internet, many, many times. And Lee and Stoss, the founders were pretty much, you know, the, some, some of the first people that really taught me, you know, and then they really cared about teaching. They're, they're the founders of the company. They were young entrepreneurs too. At one time, like when I started working with them, they were 27 or 28 years old. That was back when Brett, the founder of not the founder, but the CEO of Lamborghini, Miami prestige imports, he was also around that age too. So I was around them when I was like 17, 18 and they were 27, they're in the thirties now. So we've built that relationship. So I started working in that world and putting on events, putting on marketing, putting on all of these things. And I had been doing it for other companies too. I was doing it on the side too for, for, you know, for side money. And one day I was just like, you know what? Like I want to, like, this is what I really want to do. Like, this is what I really, really want to do. I'm going to risk it and go ahead and do this. So I, you know, took the money I, I made with, you know, with them, uh, Pizza Hut, uh, all, all types of stuff I was doing. I just dumped it into the starting something, buying computers, buying all the tools that we needed, the software. It was just me uh, renting an office, uh, creating an, a website. I learned how to create websites. I learned every, so like in the last seven years, I've learned how to do every single thing that you could do in digital marketing, everything. And not only do I know how to do all of that, I know how to work every program like Lightroom, Photoshop. Not, I'm not an expert in After Effects, but I could use After Effects. I'm a photographer. I'm a videographer. Like I know how to do everything because every time I scale, when I started my agency, I had to scale in departments. So I had to be able to know how to run a department and who was BSing me. And if the people I was hiring were giving me, telling me bullshit about how they couldn't do something or why it didn't work, I wanted to learn. So I would specialize. I would go and study each individual department as it grew. And we grew to 17 people. So we were growing on all these aspects. And even to this day, I'm constantly learning. I'm always, I always know what the new campaign is or what the new strategy is because I'm always on top of it. And although I'm not an expert in absolutely every single one of them to the fullest extent, I'm able to run my whole team, which is able to do them. And that way we're more efficient and I'm a more involved, like informed leader. I have so many questions right now. <laughs> Yeah. That's do you know? Like I, I know that we're ever evolving and there's so many young people now that are on this. Like you and I were discussing before this that there's so many 17-year-old entrepreneurs and they're really starting to take over and blow because the content is out there now. It's out there. They see it every day on Instagram. But to have that mindset when you were 17 years old is just you know you were few of many, right? Yeah, I, I think I noticed early on that like I was like, wait, I'm I'm on some other shit. I'm, I'm weird. <laughs> I'm the weirdo. Like <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I was in high school flipping bracelets and necklaces and like, so whatever, like I was getting it. Like, there's no way like, like we didn't grow up poor. Like, no, but it was not like, we you know we had our struggles, like my mom and I, and then, you know, she got, my mom got married again and my, you know, my stepdad and we, we all grew as a family. We all did our thing. Right. But it was, you know, we had our times where we were struggling and I didn't want to go ask my parents for money. I was never like that. Like, oh, mom and dad will give me money. I stopped asking my parents for money probably like when I got a job, which is probably like 14 or 15. That's the last time my parents ever asked, like, give me money. And after that, I took over everything, like paying, paying gas, paying car, paying phone, paying this, paying that, paying lunch, everything. I would handle everything. I, but I think I stopped like at 15. See, and I think I'm going out on a whim, but I feel like that's not what we're teaching our kids anymore. Well, nope. that's not what people are teaching their kids anymore. But the thing, it also depends on like the environment you grow up in, because you, if you don't grow up with wealth, but you grow up having to learn how to get it right? Mm -hmm. By the time you got it, you've gone through all this experience. And then once your family's at that point where the younger ones are getting older and you're in a better position, they don't know a lot of those little struggles that, oh, maybe one time you wanted to get something or you couldn't, or you couldn't afford this or that, or, you know, you had to miss out on a trip or you couldn't go out with your friends because there was no money. They didn't know that. So now kids, you know, you can't necessarily blame them. It's good to teach them, right? So, you know, I I speak to a lot of young people. It's, It's good to teach them However, they, ha- they have to go through their experience. They also have to be able to enjoy themselves and be themselves. But while at the same time, recognizing that situations could be much worse and have been much worse and, and any moment could change because we could have money today and then tomorrow we could go broke. That's perfectly possible. It happens to absolutely everyone. There's people that are doing $100 million, $200 million businesses. I was talking about this with Andy Frazella on, on my first ep- uh, podcast episode. And he's talking about how one of his friends lost everything hundreds of millions of dollar business lost everything in a matter of like two months. So it could happen to you. You're not bulletproof. You know, you're not the coolest because you have a bunch of money. Things could happen. You just got to recognize that you could go back to that place. Yeah. Which is, I, I guess I'm trying to get as far as I can from that. But at the same time, I'm not driven by money. I just love executing on my ideas. And I'm like too confident in myself. Like, I feel like I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing, which a lot of people don't have. So I feel like I'm really blessed in being able to have recognized that like early on. It's crazy when the vision's clear, ain't it? Yeah, I just, I know already. And it's like, it's not that it's effortless, but it's already, it, it's moving. It, it's an energy that cannot be moved. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a straight <laughs> shot. Like when your vision is clear, that's so different from, because you can deviate and get right back on board. But it's like, there's so many people that are bouncing from thing to thing, from shiny object to shiny object, because they don't know exactly where they're going. And that's what yeah. causes like some of the friction. And I think I've been through that before. And I know when my vision got clear, it became a whole different ball game. Like that's when you can set it into 180 and go. And you're like, oh, I've trip and fall. Fine. Get back up. Keep it going. Like it's. Well, the trip and fall is coming for everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone. And if you're complaining about it, then you're just making excuses because everybody has a heart. Everybody has some shit going on. Nobody cares about your sad story. Like everybody cares about how you make your way out of it. Because if you have a sad story, it means you have a story. And if you're telling a story, it means you're alive. And if you're alive, it means you have an idea or a way or some form of way of getting out of that situation. And if you can, then you might as well make peace with it and stop being a negative asshole. Right. So you just have to. It's just about how you think every day. That part, the mindset, literally. Like you said something a minute ago that made me like, I feel like this is why you've scaled and among other things and hard work and everything else. But I think one of the things that people are really trying to skip the process now is that you are committed to understanding every part of every department of your firm that you built. You wanted to be the first to understand it before you taught someone else, before you hired someone else. And I feel like that is the part that founders and people starting agencies and businesses are like trying to skip. Like they, they get a service and they're like, Oh, I could do this too. And then they start a business and start hiring people because they've got some, mm-hmm. some throwaway money. Yeah. So they like don't actually have any idea how to do it. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with Gucci belt, but you know, <laughs> you, you, when you make money out of these companies, cause look, eventually when you make 
when you put in enough effort and time, you're going to make money, but the money's obviously coming, but it's how about how you manage it once it's already there determines how much more you're going to make and how much you're going to have when you have a dry season, because there is a dry season always. So it's always about how you manage that when it comes in. Money's easier to make than people realize. It's just harder to keep. If you notice some way, somehow we all figure it the fuck out every month, right? Right. Nobody's like, we're not dying out here. Like, you know, there's some people are, but we're figuring it out, which means that it's okay. That there's a way out. So the money's obviously coming in, but it's not staying in. And why is it not staying in? Are you, is, is your car too expensive? Are you buying too many shoes? Are you eating out too? What is it? Like, and then once you recognize that and you build on that, then you, you could, the, you could live nice without having to spend a bunch of money. And there's no reason to spend a bunch of money on things to impress people that don't really care about you or those things. It's just, you got to stop like being insecure. And I, I mean, I used to do it. I used to, I used to want to have like nice cars and buy all these nice things and impress people. But then you grow out of that because you realize that nobody really cares. And all you did was spend a bunch of money. <laughs> and now it's gone. Well, they care. But it's, it? it's super temporary. They care for a moment. You might yeah. get the second look. And then after that, that's it. Yeah. People like people, well, people will remember you by by how genuine you are, not what you were wearing. People remember you by the way you make them feel. I wear Crocs. I wear Crocs sometimes to meetings. I'll go in sweatpants and some Crocs or some like Birkenstock sandals and say whatever the fuck you want. But I'm, I'm the smartest guy in the room because I study and because I make my, like I earn my place. And yeah, obviously I can't go in Crocs to everything, but I, I earn my place and it's not about what you're wearing. I don't judge people. I work with all types of people. There's people that have had a bad past. Maybe have gone to jail, you know, uh, have a had, that doesn't mean anything. Like that doesn't mean anything anymore. Anybody's capable of changing their life, turning shit around and wanting to fix themselves. Everybody makes mistakes. We've all fucked up somehow. And if everybody's like looking at you with a, like a magnifying glass, like it's not, it doesn't work that way. Right. Right. You know, we, we've, I messed up before too, probably done dumb shit, upset some people, but I'm trying to grow past that and be better entrepreneur. And that that's part of the growth too, of success, not just money. There's people that have that money, but don't have this mindset. So then they don't, the money doesn't really mean anything because they don't know what to do with it. I love that you said that. It's so funny you say that because I had a mentor that used to always tell me that it's actually way easier than people think to make money. Like you could be stupid and make money. It's just that people don't understand what to do with it. Like you, you got to stop obsessing over the idea that it's so hard to make a living as an entrepreneur. It's actually super easy. What's more difficult is to keep it. And that's exactly what you just said. It's, it's hard to keep it. It's hard to keep it, especially because when, like, when you start making money, you start, you start feeling powerful. It feels nice. Oh shit. I could do this and I could do that. You can't tell me this. No, I, like one of the best things about making money is being able to say no. Cause sometimes when you don't have money, you have to say yes to shit. You don't want to say yes to cause you're just fuck man. All right, let me just make this check real quick. You know? But when you, that's true wealth, being able to say no to shit. Like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't have to do that. I don't want to go there. No, I don't have to go there. Like I I'm okay right here. And that that's, that's what it's really about. That's so funny. I just did an episode on my first year of entrepreneurship felt like the year of yes. Like I had to say yes to everything, like stuff I didn't yeah. even want to do. Sometimes we do. Uh, and sometimes we got to also let the ego down and cause sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Like, all right, nah, maybe we need to chill a little bit and let's, let's do this one for the bigger picture sometimes. Cause sometimes some things that we're doing are bigger than ourselves. And we just have to humble down a little bit, even though we need to like make people respect our time and our place and our space. Like you got to humble down a little bit and understand sometimes it's bigger than you. And that what you're contributing could help a lot more people than just the things you're telling yourself. Like that, that voice we have in our head telling us, no, do this, do that. So true. So true. All right. Let's jump into the branding expert, building brands. What are with everybody on social media right now trying to build a any everything from a personal brand to a firm, an agency, branding is so important 
from the way we present ourselves to the way our logos look to our websites to all of the above. What are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing people make right now? Uh, inconsistency across their branding pretty much addresses that. And that could be even their, their profile pictures on their social media. Some people have different ones, you know, or they go too crazy with the colors. It's okay to, you know, do colors sometimes for certain holidays and other things, but consistently across the board, obviously, right? A color scheme is always very important to follow. There's a lot of brands that don't stick to a color scheme and the color scheme is clearly your logo or the colors you're used to using. For example, us on Hustle Inspires Hustle, we use white, yellow, and blue. It's hard for me to remember something. We have so many brands. Um, <laughs> white, yellow, and blue. My personal brand is white and like a light blue. But every, if you notice, everything will be based around that. You go on Hustle Inspires Hustle, the social media, colors are even. If you look at our logo, colors are even. If you look at our website, colors are even. If you look at our newsletters, everything, the marketing, everything is even across the board using the same logo faces, like the same fonts on everything. Something as simple as those basic foundations are very important that people overlook. They use a bunch of different fonts, like stick to, stick to a font. Like that's why it's good to get your logo done by an agency or by somebody who knows what they're actually doing besides just graphic design, not to knock the graphic designers, but there's a lot of bomb graphic designers that don't know how to present a logo or a project. They're just great. But they don't have that business aspect of, look, I need to present it this way and that way because they'll probably need it for this, this, and that. Maybe they don't have that experience, but that's really important. So that's something that brands overlook because they want to save a little bit of money first when they're starting their brand, but then they're going to have to spend that all over again. So the leans, everybody's trying to do the lean startup. <laughs> yeah. Which I get it. Yeah. I totally understand it, but you have to decide there's, there's a handful of things you have to invest in and you have to decide what's most important for your brand and what's going to make the money up front and what you can recoup on the back end. Yeah. And also copy. Copy is very, very important. And people don't pay attention to copy because somebody's coming into your website, reading about you. This is how you're selling, explaining yourself on words written in stone, like can't be messing up. Like we all have our typos. I'm sure I've messed up on a website or two, or my team has overlooked something. We're not, nobody's perfect, but you got to really pay attention to that. And I give people feedback all the time. Hey, I saw a typo on your website or whatever. Not to try them. It's just, hey, hey, I saw this. I'm sure you'll probably tell me the same thing. Thanks. Like, you know, throwing you a good vibe because we, we mess up. But those are things to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It took me a while to learn about copy and I'm definitely not an expert because it's so hard. And sometimes we think we know how to, but we don't. Right. Because it, it's such a different language. It's definitely not yeah. the way you would talk to someone directly. So, yeah. but it, it you want to talk to them. It's a, it's a story. You're leading them down a story, a funnel, a way of speaking. It's it's a profession. The copy is a profession. That's why there's copywriters. Yep. It's, that we pay good money for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're great money. You don't have to do it again. And then you don't look like a fool in front of the public. Exactly. You look good. You look well presented. Your things are all organized. If you take care of your things that much, then you're probably going to take care of people's things that much. Like if you look at my brands, you see the attention to detail. That means that the, the work that my agency pumps out is top notch. Oh, the pitch deck that I got from you. I was like, whoa, never seen it. <laughs> like <laughs> thoroughly impressed. Like well, I, what I do, what I, what I do is I sit down with my team and I like to like, not do every single aspect, but I like to see every single visual aspect and every, all, the whole user experience that the person is getting. So I like to analyze every little thing, every single little thing that you've seen or like, or gone through from my, my stuff. I've looked at it. Maybe I've overlooked some things, but you see absolutely every single attention to detail, you know, even down to the rebrand. Like if you, if you go on my videos, you see my logo that it's animated. Okay. So that's something we didn't have before we start, we started integrating different things. We have more talent on the team, more people bringing stuff to the table that you, you see my team online on social media. Um, I, I post them all or they're in the videos. It's, we all grow together. It's a, it's a really cool environment, but 
you got to surround yourself with people who are talented. That way you guys could offer each other good value. That's so true. And you can't be the expert in everything. You got to hire the experts. Yeah. Cause I mean, I want to be an expert in everything. And I could, if I quit everything right now and went completely bankrupt and had no money and I was completely fucked, I have enough knowledge to blow up a company in three months. It's it, I've already shown it. It's already out there. It exists. My podcast, my pod, I only have like seven podcast episodes. I think we have Andy Frazella, Jason Stone, the millionaire mentor, Neil Patel. Shit. The list goes on and on. And we're new and noteworthy on Apple trending already. 98 million views on our jiffies only in two months, global events only in the last three months. Now we're doing a tour now, but like it just goes to show we continue, 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 continue. Do you continue learning? You could continue replicating. If you stop dwelling on your mistakes from the past, you could use all that experience and just dump it into something new and beautiful or what you currently have, but just revamp it. You could reinventing yourself. You go real hard on um, people not utilizing IG enough. And with the experience that you've had with us doing a lot of things that have gone viral, you've got a good following on every single, like everything you founded, every site you have, everything on Instagram. What, what do people need to know about the way in which they utilize Instagram for selling? And how do they come across authentic versus like salesy. I feel like a lot of people are paralyzed and not making moves right now because they feel like they're going to be too salesy if they jump in somebody's inbox. What happens is that the globally, everything is saturated by ads. So it's not easy to trick us anymore. We, we evolve. We evolve in many ways, physically, emotionally. We evolve. One way or another, we end up evolving. Everything on this planet evolves, right? So check out the logic behind this. When email marketing came out, it was crazy. Everybody was checking their email. Oh, send, send email marketing. See on email marketing. People with marketing news were killing it. They're still killing it. It's still a great market. However, it's not what it used to be, right? right. We're making a ton of money of it. Now, when you see all these spam emails or you see all these sales emails, you just scroll past them or delete them or whatever. Very, very, it's very difficult to open them. Yep. When Google ads came out, low CPC, killing it. Now it's expensive. Still great in some aspects, not for the common person. Right. We talk about YouTube and we talk about Facebook ads. In Facebook ads, it was much easier to do Facebook ads before, much cheaper. Now it's a little bit more expensive. Now people are not getting tricked anymore into whatever little ad it is that they that you're trying to get them to click on, right? Right. Now it's now messenger marketing is the thing because it has higher open rates because people are more likely to open their text message or DM because they're always on the app. So now you market to them. And then when, once that gets saturated and we don't want to open up DMs anymore and the conversion rates on all and open rates on all of those chat bots start going down, then something else will happen. So it's just about adapting and realizing that it's the, the social media landscape, I would say changes monthly, weekly, daily. Like you have to be on knowing what works and what doesn't and, and talking to people, not just spending money on ads that you, that you're complaining about that don't work or, or, or strategies you complain don't work. They're not working because you're not doing the right ones or not associating yourself with the right people. So and that was a rant, but no. it's, it is what it is. It's just evolving content and people are not easily persuaded anymore to go to a landing page. That's why the, that's why they're doing the chatbots. Now you don't have to go to a landing page. Right. Now the chatbot just it grabs all your data and now they could, when the second you open a chatbot, they already have your data forever. Like unless you unsubscribe, they have your data. So they don't like all they have to do is send you a, a message blast and you're already in their network. It doesn't cost you to do that. I was talking about that with Neil Patel. He was predicting that they're probably going to charge for that soon. Facebook is going to charge you depending on how many messages you send out from the data you have from their list. Cause companies like ManyChat that do chatbots 
have all that data on their server, but you just put the chatbot on Facebook. So when, so now what you do is instead of sending people to a landing page on a website, right? When you're running a Facebook ad, you send them to the chatbot in Facebook. So it's cheaper because you're not taking them off Facebook. Right. And once they're in the chatbot, you're sending them a bunch of links or things that you want them to do. And that's it. They're already in and you're not getting charged for any of those clicks. Right. See, now people, people think that's great. Now iMessage is supposed to be dropping soon something with Shopify where you could actually check out your Shopify order from your iMessage. But what's going to, but, but tell me what's going to happen when people are tired of that shit of companies hitting them up on their text. Then some new app is going to come out that doesn't allow ads or any of that shit. And just for communication. And then the wave is going to start all over again in some other way, but you just got to stay on top of it. And, it's, and it's, just, it's just reading, reading about the business, you know, reading books, talking to people. Social media is a tool to make money with people find people like you and me that know things about certain that are related and we could help each other out and connecting with them and building a relationship. So you always have go-to people, mentors. Now you can't be afraid to ask for help. It's too hard to do shit by yourself. <laughs> it's called being humble and asking for help. Yeah. So true. All right. I want to ask you this because um, this is something I've seen growing lately is tell me the difference between, because I feel like everyone wants a personal brand now. It's like this personal brand. I'm going to push myself as an influencer or I'm going to put push out a lot of content and then, you know, try to eventually whether, what, whatever the road is, YouTube, create a course, have a podcast. Like we've all, all been down this road at some point. And I, yeah. I feel like some of the most successful people are kind of doing what you have done with Hustle Inspires Hustle. And there's a difference between between a personal brand and a movement. And before you yeah. and I hit record, I think you said it best. And I want to expand on this was you said people get tired of just you. Like they don't want everything from you. They want to be part of like a positive movement that might be inspired by you. Yeah. Well, look, I, I wouldn't be lying or out of the up here saying that we all want some type of recognition. We all want some type of validation. Absolutely. We understand that as humans, we all want some type of validation. Whoever says that they don't, Fuck you. Yes, yes you, you do. do. <laughs> some way or form you want validation from someone in some, in whatever way that validation may be. Right. Right. And we want attention and we want the things that we're doing to get attention and, you know, inspire people, make money or whatever. But as a personal brand, you can only get so far. You want to leave a legacy for your family. It's a little bit more difficult if everything is about you. And if you're no longer around, things don't work unless you made a shitload of money and the rest of the 50 generations is coming after you are good. But Obviously, we know the chances of that. And we also want to play things safe without crushing our own dreams. And we have to understand that. It's, it's, it's just very important to understand that. And the reason, so I have my personal brand, but I didn't just start pumping out a bunch of content to get popular because a lot of people are just pumping out content to get popular. But what are you popular for? Like, what do you even do, right? Like, what, what are you, are you even good? Because then you're popular and people hire you and then you suck. So then you, you don't have, so all that popularity did nothing for you and all the hard work did nothing for you because you're not informed, which is what I've been doing for all this time is, teaching myself or learning from others or taking courses or going to college or all these other things that I've been learning because it's more important to learn to be the best. And I say this on my podcast. I've said, I have this on the blogs and hustle and sparse also that I write. And it's, you have to be the best at whatever it is that you do to get attention to then build a personal brand because you get recognized based off that hard work. And then it gives your personal brand longevity. And if your personal brand gets big enough, then you create a movement called hustle and sparse hustle that reaches a hundred million people in like four months. Woo! A word. I yeah. just talked about this on my podcast because it's it's the equivalent of people think this is what I, I read it in a book is this. And it was like so eye opening to me. It, it said that people think if you're not the singer, if you're not the dancer, if you're not the person on stage and that doesn't work out, then it just doesn't work out for you. And they're not considered of being the producer or being the creator yeah. 
or being like the person behind the scenes. And then if you go build all that and you hire 16 artists or 20 singers or you become Dr. Dre or whatever, you will then get recognition to have a platform, to build a brand, to, to have a message and people want to listen. Some people have to wait. Look at DJ Khaled. Right. Fucking 25 years to be this big. Exactly. No. People think that but, he came but, out last year. I'm like, no, he's been in Orlando money? DJing. That real money came recently. He made money, He made, but that real money and that real recognition and that the number one albums and everybody fucking with you and being on every show and every magazine, every company wanting to work with you has been 25, 30 years in the making for that guy. So true. But you have to realize that that's how long it takes. Yeah. He's been learning to become the best. He started DJing here in Miami and then the radio station DJ shit. Now he can own all the radio stations. Right. Right. <laughs> he's one of the top, anything he does turns into gold because he's good. It's not all this hype and clout he built, all this clout he built and one, a one hit wonder. It wasn't that he maybe had songs before that people thought sucked or didn't like it or thought he was annoying or, Oh, he's not a rapper, but shut, shut up. Like he's good. And you bump to his shit, you play music and everybody gets hype when they listen to his music and that guy does a good job and you got to give him a round of applause. Like, even, even when you don't like somebody because of the shit that they do or the way they present themselves, if they're doing great and they're actually genuinely doing something great ethically, you got to respect them, whether you like them or not. That's facts. It's, fa- oh, I love that you're saying this because it's just like everybody cannot jump the process. You cannot jump the process. Like you have to be, your skill has to speak for you. You have to have some type of informed or talent or skill or ability that is making you the expert at something. And then, then we will listen. You know what I mean? Like be the expert at something. Don't just throw yourself out there and try to skip the process. So you have been known to work with some huge, huge brands. And I think there's so many people that want to do this, want huge brand deals, you know, want to collaborate with big brands. How did you differentiate yourself when you were gunning to work with some of these big brands? Like, how did you differentiate yourself from some of the other entrepreneurs and agencies? What I did is, which could have been a mistake in some people's eyes because you're giving something up front. I would give ideas up front. I would create the concert for them. Tell them, look, this is what I want to do. I have the people lined up already. Like, let's go. What's up? Send me this. Send me that. This is all I need. Everything's lined up already. And I've always been that type of person. Everything's done. Just say yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Great. A lot of times I wasted my time, wasted a lot of money, a lot of hours in the agency of people working or working on something that I didn't close, but it was me investing in myself and my team to be able to get a bigger project. So I've always shown value up front. And that's what's worked for me because getting the same old PDF with your price at the bottom doesn't work anymore. You have to present something that's more innovative, better way to communicate with people, especially on the age of the internet, call them video call, do something, but present yourself better, uh, show them, you know what you're talking about and know what you're talking about. And you only do that through learning. A bunch of people are going to tell you, no, if you knew how many people have told me no, or I was too young or, or didn't take me seriously or thought I wasn't really working or doing what I'm doing now. And now shit, now look what I'm doing. Okay. Now you understand that hard work gets you somewhere. Learn from that, you know, learn from that and apply those things that I did. Not for negative vibes or negative thoughts or nothing like that. But look, I showed you it's possible. We come from the same place, come from the same people, same, same thing. What's going on? You could do it too. And that's why I built Hustle Inspires Hustle because I'm teaching people and that's why I have a podcast and that's why I get on podcasts because right now my team is working on a bunch of shit. We're really busy. We have a tour coming up, a launch and I'm doing podcasts. Like I'm not charging you. You're not charging me. Like th- this is a very good vibe. Like we, like the podcast world, but at the end of the day, it's taking away for us, to, you and me to both take away from our time to teach people something. So 
it's more than just doing it for myself. That's whole, the whole purpose of the movement. So if people could understand the story and share and connect with cool people that could bring some cool things to the table. I meet people all the time on social media and through podcasts and through whatever I'm doing. And I end up working with them in some way or another or connecting with them and we bring each other mutual value. And it's because I was not scared to go out there and put myself out there. Even if I made a fool of myself, even if I failed and everybody saw, who cares? You saw me fail. Great. You saw me get back up too. And that's what it matters. Mm. That was so awesome. No, I love that yeah. you give away something for free because I've done that before. And I was always afraid to tell people because I was like, oh, someone's going to be like, you're you're spending, you know, they try to apply those rules to you. You're spending too much time. You shouldn't be working this hard. You should be setting up a business that runs itself. Like, I'm like, no, if I want to work with somebody, I'm, I'm going to create stuff for them up front. Yeah, it's you can't listen to people and you can, you have to for, for consideration, filter out what they say. Listen to people. Don't be like, oh, shut up. I don't know. Listen to people. See what they think and say, but know what your limits and boundaries are and know yourself enough to say, I, I respect your decision and what you're saying and your opinion. But this is how I feel, because sometimes you may be wrong. And a lot of people may be telling you, and this is when you need to evaluate yourself because we're not perfect. We might need to fix something. Absolutely. Not everything. And I'll let them completely control our life, but a B test yourself. Like you test an a like a marketing campaign. Hey, what's going on? Am I seeing patterns here? Things not working. Is it me? Like you got to think about that stuff. Exactly. And you decide what works best for you. And you know, cause you can, you can align your personality with your business at times and you know what works for you. So yeah. Thank you so much. Tell my audience where they can stalk you, where they can find everything about you personally and your business. Guys, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for listening to my rant. I really appreciate your time. Hopefully you learned something about this. I definitely learned something by being on this podcast. Very, very cool conversation. You guys could find me on hustleinspireshustle.com. That's our hub where you can see everything that's going on, podcasts, blogs, events, free tools, all types of free stuff that we give out. You could also follow me on Instagram. It's Mr. Mr. Alex Quinn and my... The Quinn is with one end, so don't put two ends. Mr. Alex Quinn and Hustle Inspires Hustle on Instagram too. You guys check us out there. You'll see everything we have going on and you can tune in to, to the Hustle Inspires Hustle podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever exists on the internet. It's everywhere. Alex, you were amazing. What you're doing is amazing. We're inspired by your age, your move, uh, how fast you're moving, what you're willing to do, you know, it was amazing. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, the little piece of it. And thank you again. Thank you so much. You have a great one. You too. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness. Greatness.